This is an ASCII Live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. This is the Golden Eagles podcast, hosted by Manly media manager Wayne Cousins, along with Sea Eagles Premiership winner and chairman of the Golden Eagles Association, Mark Bryant. Each week, Cuzzo and Boxy will be joined by a different Sea Eagles legend to relive some great moments from our proud history and to find out what each of the guys are up to now. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the mighty Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Now over to Cuzzo and Boxy with this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of the Golden Eagles podcast. Boxy, good to see you. Good to see you again, Cuzzo, as usual. Mate, here we go again. Now today, when you're talking about halfbacks, growing up, everyone used to love this man, especially with the way he used to run and the famous socks. We're talking about Seagull number 246. Joining us now in the studio, Johnny Gibbs. Gibbsy, good to see you. G'day, Cuzzo. G'day, Boxy. Very very nice introduction there. Eh? Could be the cheekiest halfback getting around still. Mate, first up, Gibbsy, how did the socks come about? Growing up, junior days, did you just, just love running around with socks down or did you like uh, to pull them up or they just happened one day and you got lucky? Sometimes I would pull them up and yep. then they'd fall down uh, <laughs> because I didn't tie them. I hated having anything around my calves and they weren't actually booming things either. But it's interesting because... My father was a policeman. He was very old school and he was, you know, polish your boots, spit and polish. And, and it used to drive him cuckoo that I would not have my socks pulled up. Just further to that, because when I was playing, you, you had a good following in that, people would send me garters of all kinds through the mail. The elastic ones and they'd have maroon and white ribbons on them. Ladies would knit garters for me. I had them all. I would have had, I reckon, 30 to 40 sets of garters sent to me. But it was just one of those things. There was no rhyme or reason to it. See, me personally, whenever my socks came down in the game, straight away, didn't care if I was half knocked out or whatever, I'd pull them up because I do have skinny calves and I used to hate them. So I used to love the socks up. You know, this is, a, I'm, I'm sure it's a G-rated podcast, but I used to do that with my trousers if my, if my shorts got pulled down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, the great Johnny Gibbs, 87 matches, uh, Gibbsy, for the Seagulls. That's not many, is it? 1976 to 1981, you played five finals matches. Before you start, tell us about your junior rugby league days, obviously mainly junior. Tell us about growing up. Uh, and, gro- and growing, what, yeah. When, grow- did you, when did you fall in love with rugby league? Who were your idols? Um, growing up, I was more interested in surfing, uh, but I, I used to play all sports, whether it be soccer or, or rugby. I played more rugby than I did rugby league, but I did play for the Narrabeen Sharks. And I just played with my mates. And at Narrabeen Boys High, we played Union. It was a Union school, but we played University Shield. Narrabeen Boys High, if, if there was a good surf on a Wednesday, you'd have to forfeit because <laughs> you wouldn't have enough players. The Narrabeen Sharks folded. I had a mate and he was going to play for Valley. And he was also going to try out for Jersey Flag. I said, how do you think you're going? He said, I, I think I'll get in. I said, well, and I, I wasn't being cocky or anything, but I knew I was a better player than him. I said, <laughs> so So I went along. I joined Valley, tried out for Jersey Flag, made that, and we won the Jersey Flag. And it's one of the proudest things because there's only been three manly sides that have won Jersey Flag. So for everything you've achieved, one of the, my fondest memories of rugby league is winning, as a Narrabeen boy, winning the jersey flag with a whole group of your mates. And back then too, it's such a, a great honour as well, you know, winning that jersey flag competition. So first grade debut, Gibbsy, 1976 Lickham Oval, round 14. 
It was a Sunday. You remember the match? You remember what happened? I I remember it vividly. Absolutely. And I was young. I'd just turned 20. I was quite slight and I'd been doing some okay things in lower grades. I only debuted in 75, came out of Jersey Fleet, played one game in President's Cup and then got graded in the under-23s in jumper number 54. I can remember being there with a team of all my idols that I'm playing with. You know, your your Terry Randalls and Gray Meadies, Max Krilliches, Alan Thompson, who's another another Narrabeen boy and was a friend of my sister's. And you're going to play with them. But my greatest memory of it is that I'm, I'm going to come up against a bloke called Tommy Rodonikus. I'm sitting in the dressing room and they had these really paper-thin petitions. And here they are, they're banging into each other. You know, Les Boyd and all of these places are going, John Donnelly, they're going, Bruce Gibbs, same name as my father, actually. So I call him the sloth. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they're making a racket and banging at each other. And, and, and I hear Roy Masters. And now if that little surfy so-and-so... I have cleaned that up, gets the ball, <laughs> I want his legs broken. And I can hear this. And I think, oh, wow. So out I go, tippy-toed out. I think, what's going to happen here? First tackle, Tommy's onto me. In the missionary position, so I'm on the ground, he's on completely on top of me, and he just sinks his teeth into my nose and shakes it like a dog shaking a bone. Anyway, I got away from it. I thought, wow, I, I could see the blood spurting out. He got me again. He went, he went in again at another crack. But I didn't worry about it. And at the time, and I'd scored a couple of tries, we beat them. It was a top of the ladder clash. Manly won the comp in 76. So I was able to sit on the bench, you know, see that all unfold. Neville Glover dropping the ball. And there was more to it than that, though. But Manly winning. But Kevin Humphreys, a reporter asked me, what happened to your nose? Because they had big scars on it and a heap of stitches. And I said, oh, someone bit me. Like, and it was just a throwaway. I wasn't naming Tom. I knew who it was. I wasn't naming Tommy. And that's the way it was in those days. Now you'd have so many cameras, you, you wouldn't get away with it. Anyway, Kevin Humphreys, who was the chief executive at the time, he said, oh, he's a young up-and-coming player. He's doing that for publicity. I said, what? (laughs) Anyway, and that led to a famous Rugby League Week front page, I'm the Phantom Biter. You know what happened to Tommy Rodonikas for biting me? 20 stitches in my nose? A $200 fine. Jeez, $200. (laughs) $200 fine. That's what we're on in those days. 200 a win or a draw and 50 a loss. Imagine that, your first actual game of first grade. And, you know, Tommy Rodonikas, who I know through Boydie, obviously I've got a good relationship with Boydie, absolute lunatic. And it's well documented. But for a young bloke, first time out, you know, uh, when I came through, you know, the older front rowers would be trying to belt you, that sort of thing. A little bit of intimidation. But jumping on top and biting your nose, that's just next level, that is, isn't it? Well, I toured with him in 78. So oh, okay. on a kangaroo term, we were fine. He, he said, oh, you copped that all right. And you, you went okay. So Just part of the game back pa- then. Exactly. You know? It's exactly. all part of rugby league, isn't mate. it? It's a tough, yeah. it was a bloody tough game back then, let me tell you. So uh, when you made your debut, Gibbsy, captain was obviously uh, Bobby Fulton and the coach, Frank Stanton. Tell us about, back in those days, Bob Fulton and, and Frankie. Frank was a good coach. I think that was the genre of the day. They, not much on tactics, just more on discipline and all of those things. You know, because I had long blonde hair and grow a moustache. So you don't get that moustache off. You won't be playing first grade in a weekend. <laughs> Things like So you see haircuts like blokes have got now. Frank would be, he'd be doing cartwheels if he, he had players in his team like that. But they were great players. I mean, Bob Fulton, obviously, was a, a superstar. Frank was good. I went on tour with him. He's mellowed as he's got older. Cranky Frankie is a lot better than he used to be. You heard him called Cranky Frankie a few uh, a few times by some ex-players. So he must have well, had a My family knew too. I've, I've known Frank a long time. So... I knew what he was like, so he didn't really intimidate me. But certainly, he had that he had that aura about him of uh, getting in your face. Gibson, you scored forty four tries for the Seagulls. Is there one try or a couple of tries in particular that stand out? I know obviously you scored two on your debut, but anything stands out? Any particular uh, games? I can't remember a lot about because it it's sort of finished, mm. sort of abruptly. And uh, my career I was only twenty five. I scored a couple against East, which were length of the field jobs. 
which was at Brookvale, which was, was memorable. But one that is memorable, and, and um, blokes that I play with will attest to this, but I think Foxy referred to me as being cheeky, but you got to back your ability. But I scored a try. We're playing Western Suburbs. It was a finals game at the SCG, and I crossed in the corner. I got around a bloke called Russell Mullins, who was a very good player in his own right. Bill Mullins and Brett Mullins, the same, the same family. Same family, yeah. And um, anyway, I got around Russell Mullins and I scored in the corner. And as I went to put the ball down, all of the chasers sort of backed off. So I went in about 10 more metres. Yep, yep. And I went to put it down. Well, guess what? They backed off again. So I thought, oh, this is good. <laughs> I, I went around, I put it down under the post. And by that stage... There was 13 of them. I, just kept, <laughs> I kept running. Frank Stanton at half time. Now, listen, if you get out of line, just put the ball down. So, Frank, what's the problem? It's good under the post. <laughs> well, Graham Meady was our kicker. He was a good kicker, but yeah. it was a certainty. Absolutely. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. You touch on Graham Meady. Tell us about the great Wombat. Uh, super player. A player that you could trust. I mean, Manly is so fortunate to have so many great fullbacks. You've had Wombat, then you've had Snake, Brett Stewart, and now you've, you know, Tommy Turbo, Tommy Trebovich. I mean, Wombat would have been suspended often if he was playing now. You see, some fullbacks, because he was so strong, he had such physical presence, when the player was coming towards him, he'd be going towards them. He was taking the initiative of making a tackle. By that stage, they'd be rushing to get their pass away, which two-fold can force a bad pass or whatever, or he's going to get him. But even if they'd pass the ball perfectly, he got him, and they stayed got. The ball would go back, he was safe under the high ball, and you knew he was going to run it back. He was a freakish player. Alan he, Thompson? Alan Thompson. As I said, an Arabian boy, so I knew Alan, knew him at school, just wonderfully creative, tough, resilient, would never be underrated by his teammates, but probably underrated by others that were watching and didn't realise the type of things that he did on a football field. Mm. And obviously everyone knows about the toughness of Terry Randall, but what was it about him? He was, you know, half mad. That's what he, uh, I mean. <laughs> he still when is. I, when, he still I say, is. <laughs> when I say that, no fear. Like blokes, blokes in those days were small. I mean, mm. I was playing at 70 kilos. Um, I mean, blokes like Mitchell Pierce, for instance, halfbacks now, are way heavier than Terry Randall. Just a bit of trivia. Mitchell plays heavier than Wayne Pierce used to play in the back row. Yeah, well, so that, gives, that puts some context. He was agile. He used to be a senator, Terry. He was skillful, but he, he was tough. And he mm. led by example. He captained us. You know, I had some great captains, whether it be Bob Fulton, uh, Max, of course, Max yep. Krillich, um, Terry Randall, captain uh, on quite a few occasions. He was a more lead by example. Wasn't much on the the mouth, just would, but would rip. You wouldn't see anyone rip in like Terry Randall. And mm. other players feared him. They were looking for him. Yeah, my old man when I came down, obviously played with Chad, and, and he'd gone overseas by that stage. But Terry was down at the league club. I didn't really know him that well then. But my dad explained to me. He said he used to hit people. It was macabre the way the how hard he used to hit them. You know, you'd you'd hear bones cracking. Mm. You know, and he just used to go after him. And, and like I said, lead by example, not a talker, but just get out there and lead exactly by his actions. And so. lots of the blokes that he was hitting box would be bigger blokes. Yeah, you know, solid. He was fine. He was athletic. Terry was athletic. 1978 Gibbsy, 23 games, scored nine tries. Unfortunately, you get to the, you get to the finals, you get injured in the minor semi in Sparrow. Steve Hamstr Martin comes in. Hamstrings still hurting. Still hurting today. Do you no, still suffer no, from hamstrings? Not really. No, not really. <laughs> no, but but only on a bad day on the I, golf course. Well, yeah, 23 games. Yeah, I think I had a really good year. All the awards and all of those things, and it's just one of the things that happens. And you you got to deal with the cards you dealt with. Yeah, I'd never had a problem. I had hardly missed a match that year or the year before. No, never had an injury. Then all of a sudden, kabang, and I, I went from a scrum and I ran at Ray Price, and it just just it, went. It just went, and it wasn't early on either. So it wasn't like you hadn't stretched enough or, or something mm. like that. And then it gave me problems for 
for years. And I went on the kangaroo tour. Even when we played in the um, the replay, I sat on the bench. Mm. I'd had five painkilling injections just so I could walk out so you, the Australian selectors knew you were okay. So then I went on the kangaroo tour and, and it wasn't okay. It had calcified mm. and, uh, you know, it meant chipping all the bone away from the from your pelvis, stretching it, reattaching it. It was a, it was a tough time, but that, at the time, you, you know, you don't worry about it, but that's mm. that's the way it was. That 78 period, obviously, everyone talks about the six games in 25 days, one match every four days. That's incredible. Like, the well, it was incredible of- because I wasn't playing. I was a spokesman. I was doing, you know, lots of the, or yeah, the interviews. You're doing or the interviews. interviews and media stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was it about that 78 team? Obviously, six games in 25 days, and I've read so much about players getting needled and getting through. So Terry Randall and, and Max Max went into the grand final with a virus. He was in bed all week, and uh, obviously Terry Randall um, had six injections yeah. for shoulder injury. Incredible. Just tough, to get through for the, teams. the yeah. grand well, final you, replay. You, but, you know, Graham Eden, Russell Gartner really stood up. Uh, another Narrabeen Shark, Russell. It was a it was a great team, you know, and with all, all of those blokes you're talking about, they're, they're special players, and you know, and everyone played their part. Well, there goes our halftime siren here. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsors, and we'll return with the great Johnny Gibbs very shortly. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Wormald is a leading provider of fire protection solutions, helping to protect Australian people and property for over 130 years. Wormald's expertise spans the design, manufacture, installation and service of fire safety products and equipment, backed up with a comprehensive range of fire services, from engineering advice to fire safety training. You can rely on Wormald to help protect you. Visit wormald.com.au. And welcome back to our podcast chat with the great Johnny Gibbs, a man who has done so much on and off the field in rugby league. And we're going to get to very shortly to his wonderful radio career. But Gibbs, earlier you touched on the 1978 kangaroo tour. What was it about those kangaroo tours back in those days? Obviously, it's a long journey over, but what were your fondest memories of those 78 kangaroo tour? Well, for me, you know, being 21-year-old on tour like, and being injured, quite frankly, it was like a Contiki tour. <laughs> so, I, I was going to say the pain I, I had a good time. I, I wish I could have been playing football, but my hamstring was no good. I was trying to battle through as best I could because I'd had no experience with this injury. So people see you now and say, oh, you shouldn't have gone on. I said, well, thanks, Scoot. Of course you should <laughs> not. But I wasn't to know that. I thought I would heal. But oh, just great times. And you, you're away sort of a couple of months over in England and you go for a month to France. You would have a bit of time off and you would go away. I know that uh, Max and I went to Switzerland. Steve Neen, they played up in, I think, Zurich. <laughs> they won't tell you about that. I'll just... <laughs> but not badly. It was nothing, nothing like now. But they were good times. And, and I, I do remember vividly the night I played first game for Australia. It was against Leeds at Headingley. Foxy's favourite ground. Yeah, I was with... Um, and Bob Fulton was a halfback. I, I was a halfback. Bob Fulton was 5 out of scored a try. So even though I wasn't any great shakes, I still went okay. Absolutely. Headingley's such a great ground too. Like, you know, they've got... Ten or 12,000 fans in there, it sounds like 40,000. They mm. just don't stop yelling and they give it to you. You step one foot out of line. Uh, I was actually said to Gary Hetherington, who's their, their, their chairman when he came out, and I said one of the highlights of my career was actually going to Headingley when I was over there playing for the Crusaders and beating the Leeds mm. Rhinos. I said, that's no offense. It's just that the, the atmosphere that you guys have there and the team that you have and the club that you have was, you know, that's definitely one of my highlights yeah. over there. And plenty of history in the, the cricket grounds right next to it and Headingley Cricket Ground yeah. where they played the test matches. 
fair dinkum, it's a cow patty. So mm. out of cricket season or when they're preparing it for a test match, it's a cow patty. It's mentioned before, Gibbs, that when you retired, you retired early because of injury, 25. When you look back on your 44 tries for the Seagulls and 87 matches, what's the memories you carry from these days, like going forward in terms of what were the highlights of your time with Manly? Oh, gee, that, that's hard. Well, as I said, I was associated with um, yeah, two grand final victories mm. and didn't play. But in 78, I was playing for Australia. I came back, played my last game in 1978 for Australia, next game in 1979 for under 23. I'm not a real footy head. I love it. It doesn't define me. It yeah. don't make sense. I'm, yep. I'm, you know, I might have a, a family. My kids couldn't give a rats. I've got one jumper from my career, which is number 54, the first jumper I ever had. I haven't got any other jumpers, but I just, um, the Harbord Hotel, where, where I donated an Australian jersey because I played for Valley. And there was a uh, David Miles that unfortunately suffered a, a serious neck injury, mm. quadriplegic on an accident at Harbord Park. So the Thorpes kindly bought the jersey off me. And when they sold, re- in just in recent time, Recently, yeah. they said, listen, we've had you jump all this time on the wall of Harbord Pub. Would you like it back? I said, yeah, that'd be lovely. I mean, I think about things probably more yeah. now than I did. But my kids, for instance, they just do other things. They're not interested. You downsize, you move house. And where, where do you put all these jumpers and well, things? Well, mate, my, you know mum, I mean? my mum and dad have got a heap of framed ones out the back. I've given half mine away for different charity things. And I actually found my 2008 grand final jersey that's half signed by all the boys in the garage. So I've got to actually get my finger out and get <laughs> that one done. But yeah, yeah, but some people have big bars. And yeah. I used to have a bigger, when I had a bigger house, I had sort of out of the way a bit of a bar area and, and some mm. memorabilia. But not just manly memorabilia, other mm. other things. Well, after after playing rugby league, obviously you're going to uh, the radio world, and for so long, sports commentator with uh, radio station Two UE, and obviously uh, went into host the famous show Sports Today. Now, Sports Today, before you came on, obviously Gibbsy was a great Peter Bosley. Now yeah. I remember growing up, my dad would drive home. You come home say six o'clock, and first thing you do, grab a beer out of the fridge, turn the radio on above the fridge, and listen to Sports Today with the great Boz. Tell us about the great Peter Bosley and, and working with him and that show in particular. Yeah, well, Bos is a great mentor and uh, and he's he's still going strong, loves his golf, mm. lives up in the Central Coast now. He'd had enough of it and, and I used to fill in for him and then did some shows with him and then got the job myself and then I did it with Brandy for, mm. for about 10 years. Still have a great friendship with Greg Alexander. You know, I'm still really friendly with Fatty, obviously, mm. and Brandy. And if we go out and have a bit... We don't talk about football. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> I know there's a football podcast, but we don't talk about yeah. football. No, we talk about everything mention. else. But it is weird like that because I used to watch, you know, I was a bit of a footy head back in the in the day and I'd watch, you know, the whole Super Saturday and every game of league. Now, I watch Manly, of course, because obviously, mm. you know, I'm passionate about the Seagulls, but you just kind of, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't watch it as much as what no. I would unless my little boy wants to watch it because he says, Dad, let's watch the footy. Great, mate, let's put it on. But, you know, unless it's a Manly game, I'm I'm, I'm pretty... Pretty resident to actually watch yeah. any other clubs. To be fair, yeah. I watch it because I'm working for the ABC still, and you, you've got yeah. to you've got to know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. But whereas I'd be watching every show and doing everything, I keep abreast of things. I don't have that same level of passion. Mm. I've I've got the interest. There's yeah. things like Netflix now. You know, watching <laughs> series. Here you go. You know, sitting on the couch, holding hands. What are you watching? What are you watching on Netflix at the moment? We're going deep. What can in this you one. recommend? Right now, I'm watching a show called Caliphate. Uh, but I watch just as much on SBS on demand. And I've just watched a show called Cardinal. Cardinal. Reco- recommend that. And okay. I can recommend the capture. The capture on ABC iView. With, with your uh, Sports Today show, obviously you, you interviewed so many different people, Gibbsy, from rugby league players, the golfers, and that kind of stuff. Tell us about Greg Norman. I was doing a bit of research and said the time uh, he wasn't coming back for the Australian Open. 
Yeah, for the centenary, I think. For the centenary. Was, yeah. And you said, is he Australian or what is he? It's a centenary. He's our greatest ever golfer and he's not coming back. And then he rang the shoe yeah. to you. He, he was using one of those days over there in, in, in America. July 4. No, no, yeah, no, it wasn't July 4. Uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving right. as a, a reason for why he wasn't coming back. And Greg Norman's done so much for Australian golf and so many people have been inspired by, by what he did. And I just said, gee, I, I reckon that's poor form. Rah, 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 rah. Mm. And... Anyway, and Brandy was sticking up for him. And lo and behold, then the panel operator says, uh, on the line, Greg Norman. I think, I think this will be GF. It'll be Fatty or Matt Johns or someone, you know, putting on a voice and having a joke like they have done. Well, sure enough, said, uh, hello, shark. As soon as he spoke, you knew it was a shark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so oh, we had nine or ten minutes with him, asking yeah. him things and, rah, 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 and asked him, Gently, and then of course I had all of calls like you, Kazo. You've been ringing 13, 13, 32, and saying, "Oh, you're giving it to him when he's on the air. You, you, you know, you, you're soft. Yeah. You want to say get one of the Australia's greatest sportsmen online, and then have him hang up." But it was interesting. And you can't forget, of course, your famous uh, sports trivia days. You used to have your sports trivia on the Sports Today show. Yeah, they were 13, 13, 32. Ring up now. Yeah, they, were, they were fun. And what about Kelly Slater? You asked him once, oh. what was it like dating Pamela Anderson? Kasa, you've done some. You should do this, <laughs> this <laughs> much research at World Manly. champion Kelly Slater, you asked, what was it like dating Pamela Anderson? And let me quote this. Slater fired back. This is a surfing interview. I don't want you asking things about my personal life. Exactly. It rattled me. So I, <laughs> you just got to just just, carry on. I carried on. I what about it, guests in studios? Do you have many guests come in the studio at the time or well, over the pay, years? I, I, so they're, they're memorable ones. That's good work, Kasa. No, thanks, um, mate. Bit but, of research. But Kelly Slater, anyway... I said, oh, any Australian sports person would want to know what's it like yeah, taking out Pamela Anderson. It was big at the time, you know. What a freak of a sportsman he is. Uh, but the other one that I did was uh, the Olympic champion sprinter, Michael Johnson. So he came in and I just happened to mention the possibility of drugs and things in sport and, and he, he cracked it. He cracked it. He, 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 he didn't like it. Well, you weren't insinuating that no, he had well, taken them. It was just no. more so. Well, about... obviously that was his conscience. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's a thing, you know, who wouldn't have worried if an innocent man, anyway. Now, getting... uh, Rugby League 2020, you're still heavily involved with the, uh, in, in the game with the ABC Radio. We often see you there at times. Mate, what is it that you love about game day broadcasting, Rugby League, just giving your opinion? I like that aspect of it. And I like calling and, and ABC is a, a good bunch of blokes and there's a good fraternity there. It's good camaraderie. I like being around. If I go to a manly game, it's like a, it's like a reunion. Mm. So you, you're doing something that you like and I'm comfortable with it calling the football and all the changes and, and it keeps you young. Now, what about uh, the current Manly team? Obviously, as a commentator and a former great Manly player, what do you think about the current side? Obviously, you, you touched on the Jabrovich brothers before, DCE. How are you seeing them so far in 2020? Excellent. I think they're a really good side. Probably their depth is a bit of a concern. If you you know you get too many injuries right now, this period, there's a, a few players going down. And, but with their top side on the field, and I thought this last year, and injuries got them last year, really. They, they tail off last year. If they could have kept all their players on, there was a bit. And Jake got sin-binned in a game against South. Hey, and, Can- Canberra were cheering when... when, yeah. when, oh, when they, they, they and I see them the same way this year. Yeah, They, they did not want to play Manly last no, year. And no. that's a, that's an actual fact. That When, yeah. when South you know, pipped them, you, know, you could hear the cheers from, from, from the nation's capital, that's for sure. But when, they're, when they're doing well, the area's got a buzz about it. Even prior to the to the uh, pandemic, sport was a good thing. Sport is even more important now. Yep. Now, uh, final question, mate. Golf. We know you love your golf. How's the handicap going these days? Oh, it's basically staying the same. Yep. You know, 
single I'm figures. Play, I'm playing now. No, I'm playing off about twelve. Yeah, Max, Max is playing off about ten now. Would you believe? He's a fair yeah. income. He's a he's, what, a, he's a scratch marker. Can you t- can 10. you tell me, Gibbo? Um, Beaver, he always tries whenever I play golf. Like I'm a I'm a shit golfer. That you know I, I play for fun. I play for the <laughs> at least, beers. At least you're a minute. I play for the beers. Um, uh, Luke Dorn actually, another former um, Seagulls. Yeah, I played with well, Luke a long time. You played with Dorney. Yep. He told me once the best bit of advice I was ever given. He said he said Boxy, you're not good enough to get angry. And ever since then, I couldn't give a rat. So I hit a bad one. Oh well, too bad. Just keep going. Beaver though, every time we play golf, trying to burgle my money, trying to take my cash. What do you want to bet on this hole? I said, I'm not betting anything, man. I'm a terrible golfer. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's Beaver. A, he's a stinger. You know, for mild-mannered Beaver, what about how he gets angry playing golf? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the only yeah. time he does if he get got angry. That, if he got that angry on the football field, he would have scored 196 tries <laughs> rather than hey, 180. When, when Beaver was angry on the footy field, he'd talk through his mouth, guard like, oh, boot it. Like, he wouldn't, he oh, wouldn't really? actually say it. Yeah, it was hilarious. Talking so, about Beaver, you know who's got into the golf with us all now at Monash? Who's that? Cliffy. Cliffy. Cliffy yeah, Lyons. He loves it. Loves it, does he? Oh, well, good stuff. His well, handicap's too high, too. Yeah. Well, Gibbsy, <laughs> look, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on our uh, podcast today. Uh, one of the true gentlemen of rugby league, and always a pleasure to deal with uh, on media days when we catch up with you. And uh, congratulations on your wonderful career with the Seagulls. Like we said, 87 matches, 44 tries, Boxy. The great Johnny Gibbs, thanks for your time, Gibbsy. Pleasure. Thanks, boys. This has been the Golden Eagles podcast, presented by Wormald and recorded in the studios of Manly Media partner ASCII Live Media. You can follow the Sea Eagles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For more episodes and other official Sea Eagles podcast channel shows, head to seaeagles.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an ASCII Live Media production for the Manly Warringah Seagulls official podcast channel. 